The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Uh, I'm Greg Storr in Washington with June Grasso in New York, and you're listening to Bloomberg Law. I'm here today to announce that the program known as DACA that was effectuated under the Obama administration is being rescinded. With those words, Attorney General Jeff Sessions heralded the apparent end of the DREAMer program and its protection for 800,000 people who entered the U.S. illegally as children. Under DACA, those people were shielded from deportation and could get work permits. The program will be phased out, so no one's status will be changed for six, at least six months. That's a period that, in theory at least, could let Congress address the status of the DREAMers. With us to talk about the implications of today's announcement is David Beer. He's a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. And Mark Krikorian, he's executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies. David, let's just start with the nuts and bolts of this. Tell us how this phase out is going to work. Well, it's going to work on a sort of rolling basis. So you're going to have people losing their DACA permits. Um, on a ongoing basis. So it's not all going to happen at once in six months. Rather, people's renewals will come up. Uh, they get a two-year permit to work and live legally in the United States. That permit will expire at, at some point. And uh, based on the numbers from the government, uh, you're pretty much going to have some people being able to stay in their DACA status until 2020. Uh, some people will lose their uh, DACA status in, in 2019, and some people will lose their DACA status in 2018. So it all depends on when you first received your DACA permit. And just, David, quickly, just as I know you've looked at the numbers, are, are, are most of the people in the, uh, the status where they're going to lose, lose uh, their rights starting in six months? So actually, you're going to have about 60% of the people currently in the program will continue to have status uh, through 2019. So through all of next year, they will continue to have status, and then it will you know, quickly expire after that. So President Trump has signed more than 40 executive orders, ranging from stopping immigrants from some Muslim countries from entering the U.S. to stopping transgender people from serving in the military. So, David, how can Attorney General Sessions say that President Obama's executive action on DACA was unconstitutional? Well, it's certainly inconsistent in terms of 
the uh, theory of executive power that's being employed in one area is not being employed in, in the same way in another area. And, uh, you know, the, the DACA program has existed for since 2012, so we have over five years with that program. Other programs of a similar nature existed under the H.W. Bush administration, the George W. Bush administration. You've had these types of deferred action programs for select groups of, of unauthorized immigrants going back many years, and uh, it really doesn't seem any different uh, today except that uh, the administration disagrees uh, with the program on policy merits. Mark, let's bring you into this. Um, so Jeff Sessions kept talking today about the rule of law and, and his view that DACA is unconstitutional. If that's the case, does it, does it make sense to let this program go on even for six months? Shouldn't the administration have ended it immediately? Well, the administration should have ended it in January uh, when they took over, and the president had pledged to abolish it on day one. So the answer is yes. Um, but you also have to deal with practical reality, and what they seem to be doing here is trying to create a soft landing for the doctors. This is what this, and also create a grace period for Congress to actually um, put together legislation to properly legalize them. So, so the answer is, yeah, ideally, this never should have existed in the first place. But like any other um, uh, unconstitutional uh, usurpation of legislative power by the executive, you have to deal with the facts that have been created and try to unwind the illegal act, because um, that's a prudent way to deal with it, rather than simply um, sort of, uh, you know, uh, abolish it altogether, turn it into a pumpkin. I mean, they could, uh, but, it, it, you know, prudence demands that you have to deal with the facts that you inherit, not the facts that you wish you inherit. David, uh, in just about uh, 30 seconds, would this have happened if attorneys general in 10 conservative states hadn't threatened a legal challenge to the program uh, if it continued beyond September 5th? giving Trump a political deadline? Seems pretty obvious that it would not have happened. And so what you're referring to is a letter led by Texas Attorney General uh, to the administration saying that we will file a lawsuit uh, challenging this uh, deferred action program, the DACA program, if you do not end it by September 5th. And here we are on September 5th. They're announcing the end of the program. The Trump administration has announced it will phase out the Obama DACA program, which applied to 800,000 young people who entered the U.S. illegally as children. Those so-called dreamers have been able to live free from the threat of deportation and with the right to hold down jobs. Here's how Attorney General Jeff Sessions defended the decision. We are people of compassion and we are people of law. But there is nothing compassionate about the failure to enforce immigration laws. Enforcing the law saves lives protects communities and taxpayers, and prevents human suffering. Mark, I want to ask you about those comments from Jeff Session. Uh, as you know, a lot of these uh, people came here as very young children. Some of them can't even remember the country they came from. When I heard him talk about compassion, I heard him talking entirely about people who are legally in the U.S. and not any the dreamers, not compassion towards them. Did you hear anything different? 
Well, um, yeah. I mean, I don't think he was talking about either legal or illegal. In other words, I think from what he was saying in that comment was that when you have uh, clear, consistent rules that are that are consistently enforced, you make sure that people abroad know what to expect. Whereas the reason we have this situation with the uh, DACA's is that we have immigration laws that, for various political and financial uh, interests, have made sure that we don't enforce them. So we have laws on the books that are then poorly enforced, and you end up with a situation where, for instance, you have uh, several hundred thousand people who came here as young children, um, some of them teenagers, but a lot of them as young children, who grew up here. Well, the only reason that was even possible is because we let the immigration law go unenforced for so long that people ended up just being able to stay. And the lesson of this whole DACA business is that you need to have clear, consistent immigration laws that are enforced so that you don't entice people to come here illegally and you make sure that those who do come are found and returned expeditiously rather than um, allowed, able to stay for years and years and end up in the kind of situation we see today. David, this is supposed to be an orderly uh, transition, and yet you have a situation where the DACA recipients are almost in a worse situation than illegal immigrants because all their information has been given to the government. And if if they want to get them at some point in the future, they have that information. So, and it also seems very not. It doesn't seem very orderly when it's happening on this on this uh, every three months. You know, things may happen. It just doesn't seem like it's an orderly process. Well, it's certainly uh, going to be chaotic for the businesses that have to fire over seven hundred and twenty thousand people. Uh, really, on a you know, fourteen hundred people a week are going to be fired. They're going to have to, uh, you know, expend enormous amount of resources trying to replace those people. That money comes directly out of the paychecks uh, of other workers at those businesses, as well as uh, the the uh, payments that they receive from consumers. So. Uh, y- Yes, it's it's going to be orderly from the standpoint of the government because the government doesn't have to do hardly anything. They can just rely on these businesses to have to go around and police their workforces and fire these people. I don't think that the Trump administration is going to immediately start targeting all of these uh, DACA recipients, and that's simply because of the fact that they don't have the resources to deport everyone in the United States. And, uh, you know, there are enough people that they can catch in other ways that they can really ramp up uh, enforcement without uh, going after the DACA recipients immediately. And now down the line, certain ones of them will absolutely be disadvantaged as a result of this and be deported. Um, But I I don't think it's going to be a blanket policy of going after them. Mark, uh, the administration left open the possibility that Congress could act in this six-month period to address the status of the DACA recipients. Do you see any realistic chance that that this Congress could actually put together something that would address this issue from a legislative standpoint? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they didn't just leave the possibility open. That's what that six-month grace period is for, is for Congress to get on the stick. If they had done this in January when the president said he was going to do it and given them, say, to the end of this year, they would have a longer period. But, yeah, I think it's clearly enough time because they don't need 
to put together some vast thousand-page bill like the Gang of Eight fiasco from several years ago. They need legislation that does one thing, and that is legalize the DACAs who are already a finite population. They know who they are. And as part of that, mitigate the damage that any amnesty like that would do. So they would have to include an enforcement measures, specifically mandating the E-Verify system, which is an online system businesses can use to make sure the people they hire are telling the truth about who they are. And they'd have to get rid of some of the legal immigration categories to prevent the relatives of these amnesty recipients who knew what they were doing when they came. They were adults. Prevent them from being able to benefit. I want to give David 15 seconds to say whether he agrees whether Congress can actually act in this time. David? Congress can certainly act within this period of time. Uh, It seems unlikely if they're going to try to take up the sort of bargain that uh, Mark just put forward. Okay. I want to thank our guests, uh, Mark Krikorian, David Beer, talking about the Trump administration's decision to phase out the DACA program. Uh, Thanks for being with us on Bloomberg Law. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.